On this episode of Locked On Lightning, Nick Paul is back. And what moves do the Lightning need to make going forward? We talk all about that and more. But first, let's play that music. Your Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'd just like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for making us your first watch of the day, whenever or wherever you are starting it. On this episode, we are talking about Nick Paul signing a contract extension, seven years, over $21 million. We'll get back to that. Talk about, is this a good deal or not? I think it's a good deal. We also talk about what other moves the Lightning are going to make going forward because, listen, they're far from done. So here we go. The offseason is great. I love this time of year. Uh, I think I said it either on this show or Locked on NHL or on the crossover with the Locked on Avalanche guys. The 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 NHL offseason, I think, is one of my most favorite parts of the year other than the playoffs. Uh, and, and I guess the trade deadline, but that's only a couple of – that's like a week or so. So – I really didn't think that we were going to get a Nick Paul deal done this quickly. I thought the Lightning were going to sit back, kind of contemplate their options going forward, maybe see how the draft goes. Uh, Like I said on the last episode, the Lightning getting a first-round draft pick for the first time in two years. So, you know, that's always helpful. And But Julian Breeze-Boss, Lightning GM, didn't waste any time uh, and rewarding Nick Paul uh, with a seven-year contract uh, worth $3.15 million AAV. That equates to a little bit over, the, I guess, the 22-21 mark. Uh, but totally deserving. And, and I get to steal for. line checking line that that one was a huge part of like winning not one two up and a guy that was looking for but it wasn't what we were and so Julian Breeze boss in in his infinite wisdom goes in out Not a lot was known at Nick Paul and, and what kind of player he was going to be coming in when he was playing in the first couple of I thought, you know, this is who's going to play physical. You know, at least there's that. But, but you didn't you didn't really what kind of production you were going to get from Nick Paul. And, and, and I, I'm going to say that very Conservatively, because Nick Paul, um, being offensively, 
you know, it was great. And I, and it was very unexpected. And I think that is why it was, it made it that, that much greater. And so in 21 games of the lightning hit five goals and 14 points plus minus of over four uh, averaged about 14 minutes a game. And yeah, you, you really don't expect Nick Paul, I guess, like I said, coming into a situation, you know, within the same division. So you're, you're sort of familiar with some of the opponents that you're going to be playing and, and hockey is hockey in terms of fluidity, you know, it all, 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 all really what happens and, and really what's an obstacle for certain players coming into a new situation is a matter of meshing that playing style uh, and, and having that chemistry with others. And really I thought, and, and I said this to the listener, um, the lightning were searching and, and so much was made of that third line with, with Goodrow, Coleman and Gord. And really when I saw, Nick Paul not only played during the regular season, but during the playoffs, I saw a lot of the physicality that we got from Gord and Goodrow, as well as some of that offensiveness too, as well. Um, and, and those things go hand in hand with him. So really to get him and, and maybe his age had a little bit of effect on this as well. And, and, when when he comes out and he 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 speaks to the press, I'm sure we'll know more about the deal. But seven years at over 22 is, in my opinion, you know, and, and I saw some tweets uh, reacting to it, saying that this wasn't, you know, maybe he was he was not going to play to the full length and wouldn't what, what they meant, like the value he he his play wasn't going to measure up to the value of the contract and the back part of that. Um, here's the thing. The Lightning don't need Nick Paul to go out there and 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 play, you know, and score 20-plus goals a year. He's never scored more than 16, um, that being this year split between Ottawa and Tampa. But if he could come out on a nightly basis, play on that third line, and, and progressively probably – as he gets a little older, like I said, he's 26 years old, and this has stretched out over seven years. So when this contract ends, he's going to be 33. Uh, he's still going to be in the prime of his career. He's, he's, it's not like this contract's going to end. He's going to be in his late 30s. No, that's not what this is. That's not what's going to happen. Um, but this does this is beneficial, obviously, to Nick Paul, because I, I, I feel like going – for for a guy like this who has been on a team such with a team such as Ottawa who hasn't let's face it they haven't really played well at all uh, <laughs> uh, really throughout you know the last I would say seven years or so um, so coming down to Tampa uh, that definitely gives you a whole lot more motivation to to sign a long term deal and I think Nick Paul is very well aware and I'm sure. The Lightning front office, Julian Brees' boss, made it very clear that we want to bring it back, but and and we value as a player. So we're going to give you this, you know, over AAV because a lot of players these days are looking for that higher uh, annual average. Whereas I feel like a guy like Nick Paul just wants to be in a place for a very long time and win, and he has that in Tampa. So 
like I said, this contract, the seven-year deal, um, is is very, very important. I think for Nick Paul and and as well as obviously for the Lightning because you know, let's say he doesn't play up to par, but he still has a lot of value. Let's say the Lightning are having an off season at some point down the road because listen, uh, as I we all know this this team is going to be competitive, but there's going to be a hiccup season. There's always one. Regardless of what team you are, we've seen it from certain franchises over the years uh, where it looks like they're going to start a rebuild and really all it turns out to be was a, was a, was a hiccup and they're right back at it. We're probably going to see it from Chicago this year uh, because, you know, let's face it, they, they haven't been good at all over the last couple of years and people are starting to think, oh, rebuild. But I think, you know, once they start to get everybody back together and, and start to figure things out, I think they'll be fine. But obviously go listen to lock on. Blackhawks with that, but really, that that freedom and that AAV that that three point one five is going to be huge for the Lightning if they choose to eventually move him. Now, I don't we we don't know the details. I haven't seen the details just yet. If there's a no movement clause or anything such as that, I would assume that there isn't. And if it is, it's he probably has a list of teams that he doesn't want to be moved to. And, and, and it's, it's a very small group of teams uh, or vice versa teams that he would be open to being traded to. Uh, but I would imagine that that was probably one of the, the stipulations of, of giving him that long-term deal was listen, we're going to give you the long-term deal. We're going to give you the security. We're going to give you the money uh, for what you're worth. But we need to have that flexibility to be able to move you if we need to be need to do so. And yeah, so if I had to grade this right now in the moment, because obviously this could change down the road, uh, he could either get a ton better, outperform his contract, or he could, you know, not play so well and and underperform. Um, but I think if we get really what we saw from Nick Paul this year, if we get, uh, I would say. If if we got about um, 80 games from him, 16 goals, if we get a little bit about what we saw from him this season as a whole, obviously that plus minus is going to get a lot better over time because a majority of those games uh, were played up in Ottawa, so not so good defense there. But if we get 16 goals, 16 assists, 32 points, a little bit something in that area on a third line checking line from Nick Paul, I think, you know, in the long run from what we've seen him do and that ability for him to score at any point in time during a game, I think that's going to be huge. Uh, let let me know. Let us know down in the comments what you think of this contract. Do you think that in the next seven years, I, I know that's a, a little way down the road where we're just on day one of this contract. Uh, how do you think that this is going to go? Do you think that uh, the Lightning got him for a steal. Do you think he should have gotten more? Uh, I think if he went to free agency, he probably would have gotten more from another team. But you know what? Like I said, he wants to win, and that shows his commitment by taking a little bit probably less than he maybe would have gotten in the free agent market. So we're going to continue talking about the moves that the Lightning should or should not make in the coming weeks with the draft coming up. Uh, we're not going to get into that just yet. I'm going to hold off on to that until the next episode. But we're going to talk about really the other looming questions that are surrounding his team. Now that Nick Paul's deal got done, uh, the Lightning still have to sign a couple of guys or let a couple of guys go. Most notably, uh, the big name is Alex Kalorn. 
uh, spoke about that in the last episode. We'll talk about that. And then later on, we'll wrap up the show talking about your comments from the last video. Uh, we're going to do that this offseason. That's a new thing I want to do. Uh, sort of a reactionary to the comments uh, section. So if you want to post any questions, comments, stuff for me to talk about on the show, please post below. Please go ahead and do that. And of course, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Uh, but first, I want to talk about our first sponsor of the day, and that is Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which are over, and Major League Baseball, which is still pretty much in the swing of things. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores. Podcast news this season, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in in on all your favorite sports and events, MMA, boxing, golf, everything. If you want to bet on it, they probably have the odds up for it. So head to the website today. Use that your mobile device or your laptop to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So, yeah, I uh, just want to remind all of you, uh, I've seen from the, from, from the stats that some of you are watching. We're getting a ton of views on videos, and I, and I really, really appreciate that. But go ahead and subscribe so you can keep up to date on all the episodes when they drop and hit that notification bell. Please go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Really helps the page grow over time. And if you're listening to us on an audio platform, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We're available wherever podcasts are distributed in audio form. That means Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever they have them, we are there. And go ahead and follow us on our social media pages at LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. Love hearing from all of you. I will be tweeting a lot over the next couple of weeks. Usually during the regular season, I'm somewhat quiet. Depends on what's going on with the team. Uh, But ton to talk about, ton to discuss. Like I said, one of my favorite times of the year, if not the favorite time of the year, the only downside, obviously, is that there are no games going on. So, Moving into the other conversation that kind of, you know, I, I feel I'm very, very confident that the Lightning are going to f- reach a deal with Andre Plot. I'm not so much worried about that. I don't think that it, it's a matter of if he comes back. It's just a matter of what the Lightning are going to have to do in terms of moving pieces to let, to make 1-8 come back. Um but having said that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a reasonably high number uh, for Palat just because of what he means to this team and to this franchise um, and, and also what he did over the postseason. Uh, he had a phenomenal postseason. And, and really, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, you know, I, I also felt and I sp- <clears throat> excuse me, I spoke about this on the episode <clears throat> on the last episode where he I feel like he's in the same boat as what we saw from Nick Paul. I don't think we're going to see that high of a number in terms of 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 contract length. Remember he is 31. So I would imagine we're probably going to see a deal from him in the I would say maybe 4, maybe 5 I think if we're pushing it. I think 5 would probably be a good number. Uh, you know, that would be that would be his 36th year. Um, so, you know, his his last salary over the last couple of years was 26 and a half for five years. Uh, that comes out just to about an average of 
of five or six, depending on what year you're looking at it. Um, I think we're probably going to look at something a little bit like that, maybe a little bit of bump. Like I said, most likely another piece or so is going to have to be moved, even if you know the Lightning do choose to go to some of their minor league guys, which I, I have stated tons of times. I am a huge supporter of Lightning. Yes, their, their, their farm system isn't exactly top tier compared to some of the other teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, but at the same time, they do have very good, high-quality players. Um, Cal Foote, who has spent a significant amount of time at the NHL level. Alex barre Boulay, who's another one. He won a cup last year in the um, with the Lightning. So we, we have seen it. We have seen these guys and, and other players as well. Darren Radish, another player who comes to mind. So there are players in this minor league system who – Jamel Smith, another one. Uh, not saying Jamel Smith is going to be, you know, a suitable replacement for Andre Pallad if he chooses not to resign. But what I'm saying is that there is options at the AHL level up in Syracuse if need be. And, and you know, all you're doing is giving your doing yourself and, and your players a disservice if you're keeping guys up there too long. Um, so looking at the Andre Pallad situation, like I said, uh, I would imagine – you know, his last contract was 26 and a half, like I said, over five. I think we're going to see something a little bit bumped up than that. I would say maybe 27, maybe 30 over five. I know that sounds like a crazy number. Uh, you're probably asking yourself, how you know, how are they going to afford this? Well, it really starts with Alex Kalorn. And then you're going to have to get a little bit creative going forward with that. Because, and, and I, and I, heard an interesting suggestion and, and I'll save that for the end of the segment. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack. Well, not a flack, but I'm definitely going to get a lot of a uh, uh, comments in the comment section for this episode for what I'm going to say later, but uh, I'll, it has to do with Nikita Kucherov. Uh, so Alex Kalorn, he, this, the, his name has been brought up in, in trade talk over the last couple of years, quite a bit. And rightfully so he's, he's 32 years old now. Uh, had a phenomenal year um, during 2020 when Stamkos was out for a significant amount of time. Uh, almost hit the – I thought if the season kept going on and wasn't, you know, paused because of COVID, I thought he had a good chance at that point in time to hit – I off the top of my head, I think he – I think I said at the time that with the pace he was going, even though maybe the numbers didn't really dictate it in time, I really thought that the way the puck was bouncing in his favor – I really thought that he could have hit the 40 goal mark at some point or or at that point in time. But unfortunately, you would you would have figured from that that he would have had a significantly better season going forward. And you haven't really seen, I mean, you've you've seen Alex Kalorn play well. I mean, he he has done a significantly good job and, and made a huge contribution to this team. But it, it's not what you really thought what the progression was going to be. So looking at 2019, 2020, through 68 games played, he had 26 goals. That was a career high for him as well. And and I kind of figure at age 30 at that time, you kind of, at least I did, and I'm sure some people do as well, I kind of figured that at age 30, you, had, you set a career high in goals 
and you're you're at least to me i was saying to myself okay he's 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 figured it out he's found his niche he's starting to really look at the game a certain way to where he's able to find the tricks and and all that stuff and i kind of figured i i wasn't saying i and i wasn't expecting the next season for him to come out and score you know 30 goals or whatsoever no or or put up the same numbers but it it seemed like and, and correct me if i'm wrong because I, we saw this in the postseason as well and he had a good season this year too i'm not i i just feel like there are certain times with Kalorn at least where he's very hot and cold he goes through very long stretches of 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 times and and i kind of got on andre plot for this during the regular season but i feel like Things are a little, they're a little different because they play different positions. Kalorns uh, likes to go down low. Um, he he shuffles between the wing and the center position where it plots mostly on the wing with, with Stamkos. Um, I just feel like there's too many times, and this is no criticism towards Killer at all. There are too many times where the game, in a way, where things aren't going well with the first line, um, and, and the only reason I say this is because we've we've seen Killer do it before, is that he's he's always for the last few years or so in certain spots, especially uh, during the 2019-2020 run, um, he has been that guy at certain points in the game to kickstart things for this Lightning team, especially early on in the game, where uh, really what it came down to is, and, and I'm not going to get too much into this, but the Lightning get off to their slow starts. Uh, and, and all it takes is is a guy like Killer to sit up in front, which he does such a great job of doing, um, to get that cheap goal or whatever that that lucky bounce up in front uh, to get things going for this Lightning team. And we haven't really seen that as often. Yeah, he scored twenty five goals, fifty nine points this year. That's fantastic. But I feel like the goals haven't really come in situations where they were they were meaningful in a way. And, and obviously a goal is a goal and, and, you know, every goal counts, but sometimes it, it doesn't help if, you know, lightning are down for nothing. And, you know, just because we're talking about him, Alex Kloran scores a goal with a minute and a half left, you know, that doesn't really help. I mean, it, it adds a little bit of momentum, just a tiny bit, but not too much going into the next game. Um, but I think that he plays well enough and, and, Obviously, he's the logical guy to probably get moved just because of his his contract. He's in the last year of it. He's making four and a half, which is a sizable, which is a good, like tolerable number. As well as when you when you look at his skill set, uh, and obviously him as a center and being able to flex out to the wing, a lot of teams are looking for that down the middle, especially down the middle. And 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 really, I think that's what makes him so alluring, uh, especially his 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 physicality. And, and unfortunately, he's the odd man out. I mean, there's really no other player on this team on the offensive side of things that you look at uh, to where really you could keep killer and, and, and give away or give up someone else. I mean, I can't really look at another player. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, there's, there's really not another player on this team uh, with a contract that is as favorable as his where uh, a team, if you know they're not in love with him, if they want to do a test run with Alex Kalorn this season or at the trade deadline, I would prefer the Lightning get this done during the summer so they could just focus on, you know, 
getting this team together during the regular season and seeing what they got, and then they can make a decision. You know, not like just oh, Alex Kalorn, let's see how he does. Maybe we'll hold on to him. Um, and then on the other side of that, also if Kalorn has a great season, well, oh crap, now we got to pay him or we're going to lose him for nothing. So I think it's better now to get him for a mid round draft pick. Uh, this offseason, I'd rather do it also at preferably at at the draft just because or prior to the draft, because it it allows the lightning, like I said on last episode, and I've been alluding to this entire one, this one as well. It allows the lightning to just take a step back in the in the in the summer, as well as the team as a whole, just the players and and assess what they have and, and kind of get themselves ready mentally. Uh, going into the preseason and and going into camp and going into the regular season because I think that's what the Lightning need now. I think it wasn't just mental; it was just wasn't physical fatigue that this team had during the playoffs, but it was um, definitely mental fatigue that that played into that. Uh, so definitely, I think keeping Kalorn as much as you want to uh, and kind of holding back to see what you could get for him uh, going. Uh, forward after the draft, I think, you know, understandable, but at the same time, I think you're kind of doing yourself a disjustice uh, by, by holding on to him. And, and eventually over time, it'll become a distraction. So right before I get into the comments, um, want to just throw out a little feeler right there to all of you. See, see what you think. Um, and we'll throw this, throw it in the comment section. What do you think? Uh, a listener and I were going back and forth today. We were talking about who could possibly be on the move in the next couple of years. Uh, not saying he's one of them, but Steven Stamkos is a UFA uh, after 23, 24. Uh, and so is Belmar. So is Perry. Um, and then you have Boulay and Maroon coming off the books as well. Um, and excuse me, Perry and, and Belmar are free agents after this season. So we have one more year left with them. Um, but one player, and because it was such, and, and I understand he was injured, he and it's tough to go through an entire playoffs with the injuries, especially the ones he had. But a very disappointing end to the postseason and just very, at times, questionable to, questionable decisions made on the ice at what point do the lightning in their future i'm not saying this year i'm saying not saying next year maybe during the offseason between 24 25 or going into 24 25 because let's face it i think steven stamkos is going to be in tampa for life let's let's face it he's He's the lifeblood of this franchise. He's the face of the franchise. He's the captain. Uh, I think uh, you got to keep him around. He's a lifer. But for the player that I'm about to say, and like I said, throw in your, your two cents into the comment section. I know I don't have to ask, but at what point, given some of the things in terms of body language, in terms of performance in certain situations, um, at what point do the Tampa Bay Lightning sit down and have the conversation about being traded with Nikita Kucherov? So we're going to end things and, and by talking about the comments, as as I just 
you know, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot about that Kucherov uh, comment. Uh, but that was an interesting point made to me because uh, on the last episode, I spoke about how it was it was funny. There was a there was a, a Lightning fan online that spoke about you know we trade Vazzy, uh, get that money off the books, and that's ludicrous. But you know, goalies I feel like are such a important part, obviously, of the playoff run. But you know, a guy like Kucherov, you know. I, there are certain situations when he's come distant where you could see he's kind of not as engaged as you would like to be or involved uh, in the game while he's on the ice. So, you know, especially with him uh, not being able to stay healthy, which has been frustrating because when he is healthy, uh, he's one of the best wingers in the National Hockey League. So looking at your comments from the last episode, and I think I'm going to I think I'm going to end every episode like this going over the comments, uh, just addressing each here and there. Um, and I'm going to read them out. So the first one that I saw, and we're going from the most recent and then going back. So the, the first comment is from Alex Nelson. Ruta isn't making anything more than 2 million AAV on a free agent deal, largely replacement level NHL defenseman. Kalorn for a second seems like a fair deal for a 40, 50 point guy. If a fourth or a fifth is the best offer, move him at the deadline instead. Um, not going to talk about Ryan McDonough, but he goes on to, to, or he or she talks, goes on to talk about Ryan McDonough. Um, because I, 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 I think I'm, I'm going to stay firmly pat on my position that the lightning should not trade Ryan McDonough or move him at for anything. I don't care. Um, unless they're getting Cal McCarr back. <laughs> um, but with the Ruta deal with 2 million AAV for me with Ruta, at least, I, you know what, it, it's in, I don't know if I made it clear in the last episode for me, and I guess I didn't, it's not so much about money with Ruda because I feel like Jan Ruda, yes, he's valuable. He, he's a solid defenseman, but the way Cooper has played him on that first line and, and what he's contributed, I don't think that Jan Ruda is a first line defenseman. I would have rather have seen um, what we saw a couple of seasons ago with with Bogosian and Hedman on that first line. I thought those two played very well, uh, especially during the playoffs in the bubble. I would have rather have seen Ruda on that third line with Sergachev. Now, if we're paying Ruda first line defenseman money, you know whether that is three. Because listen, he's thirty one. He's probably going to ask for more than two million AAV. I would assume probably two and a half, maybe three, um, you know, and he can make the case or his agent, his representatives can make the case. Well, uh, he he has contributed to, 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 he was on two cup runs and and yeah, and part of a, a potential third. But I don't, I don't, the, the NHL is evolving and, and Jan Ruta simply put, does not have that offensive capability, I think, on the, on the, for a D-man in today's NHL, regardless of what line, I feel like the lightning need to start getting in the mode of having every D-man on every line, except Ryan McDonough, which I feel like Ryan McDonough's block shot, uh, shot blocking is very vital to the defensive part of this team, which is why I look the other way with that. But if you look at, every, and, and as well as Zach Bogosian, you know, it doesn't hurt you to have at least two out of the three lines have at least one guy that is that grizzled sandpaper guy because you can't have, obviously, everyone in a perfect world unless – this is a video game. You can't have every defenseman scoring goals, scoring points consistently on a nightly basis. Uh, Jan Ruta, for me, you know, if, if you have Zach Bogosian and Ryan McDonough, 
I look at it this way. I look at Jan Ruda as I wouldn't take anything more than maybe, you know, two on a shortened deal just because of his issues with, with, with injuries in recent years. Um, 31 years old. Yes. But in, in defensive years, that's probably 34, 35. Um, and, and, you know, I, I am contradicting myself a little bit with McDonough with that, but like I said, it, it's a different scenario for different players. Um, but with Jan Ruda, I, I, I think there needs to be a serious conversation with him and, and really be frank with him and say, listen, um, we'll give you one and a half, uh, two, but for two years and you go like that because for a guy who has missed as many games for him as he has and, and really only is really a one-sided, especially when you have Cal foot waiting in the wings. I don't see a reason as to why you let him walk. And I don't think it would be that big of adjustment. Like I said earlier in the episode where uh, Cal foot has been at the NHL level, he's, he's had some, he's had enough time at the NHL level to be able to, to know how to conduct himself to what, what he needs to do. Um, and, and he has that capability of scoring. Um, you know, he, he's, he's matured enough on the defensive end where he could handle high pressure situation, odd, rant, odd man rushes. Uh, I think the offensive side of things will come in time, but that, ha- that really needs to, that will come if he gets the time that he needs on the ice. We saw with Sergachev, uh, he, he had the defensive part down pat, uh, and then you started to see, especially before his con- before his newest contract, uh, his offensive side of things really started to blossom. And I think the same could be said for Cal Foot. Um, so that's what I think about Jan Roto with that. Um, and then I'm not going to go over all the comments, but uh, I'm just going over some of the ones um, that that really stuck out to me. Um, from I hope I'm pronouncing this Lisa Lessa McMahon. I think Killer has to go if we want to keep Pally and Paul. In my way of seeing it, if we have to have Pally, they should have never have gotten rid of Gordo. Uh, we really could have used them this year. Killer dodged the bullet big time, and now it's time for him to be the one. I agree with you, uh, Lisa, Lessa. I'm going to call you Lisa just because I feel like that's what it is. Uh, I 100% agree with you. I, 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 I've said it myself numerous times, um, and e- even at the time that it happened, that and I'm sure the lightning feel like this internally and they'll never come out and say it obviously, but um, I think if they could go back in time to the expansion draft, I think that they would, they would put, they would, they would protect Gord uh, and, and allow Kalorn to be exposed. Um, I, I don't remember for the life of me who else was exposed, but I think it was Johnson uh, Tyler Johnson at the time, uh, Boulay and, and, I don't know. I don't think Coleman was. I'm not entirely sure. No, because he was a free agent. Um, but having said that, I, I think that because Gord w- is was versatile enough to where if we needed to move him towards the middle, uh, he could grow into that role of playing down the middle. Uh, and he was able to do a lot of things. Whereas Kalorn kind of doesn't really explore the ice as much as Gord is um, and, and what you see from Pally. Uh, it's very vital to have a guy, a center, 
who could go in, win faceoffs, and also play strong in front of the net. And Clorin has done that at certain times, and you can see it in the points. And but it hasn't been consistent. Yes, you see the points production, and yes, but it, it to me it happens in spurts. And, and I could be completely wrong in that regard, but that's just how I feel about it. Um, another one that I'm not going to repeat the name because it's inappropriate, but they simply commented window closed. Uh, I think you're wrong. Um, this, I don't know why everybody thinks because the lightning lose one Stanley cup, uh, after going in for, for while going for a third, uh, that this window's closed. Um, Steven Stamco said it. And I firmly believe he wasn't just saying that because, you know, just to, to, to put on a brave face after losing the Stanley cup final, um, the, the window's not closed. They're not done yet. Uh, even, you know, I, I said it on, I've, I've said it with, with Chris Masilli of Locked on Avalanche when we host the Locked on NHL show that, that expect, you know, not next year, because I, I think the Lightning will have a little bit of a setback year. I'm not saying that they're going to not make the playoffs or, or, you know, not be in contention for the cup. I think we'll see them make it to the second round or even an, another conference final appearance. I don't expect them to go to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, those my ex, that that's pretty much along the lines of the the expectations I had for them going into this year was that they were going to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Not sure if they were going to advance past that, but you know if they could get past whatever team they played in the Conference Finals, you know all bets are off. But yeah, I don't I don't know where this idea is coming. I think you know if you're a Lightning fan, you feel oh my god, here we go. We're starting to see this team show their age, show the miles. Um, and the windows closed, start to close. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, 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 the Lightning, in my opinion, in my opinion, I, I firmly believe that the Tampa Bay Lightning um, have at least two cups left in them before you start to see the downhill development of this team. And we'll we'll continue to talk about that because uh, speak especially with downhill development because you know that's why you got to stock up in the draft. And the Lightning have quite a few draft picks this year. Uh, and, and with their intentions of moving Alex Kalorn, uh, what a perfect time to get a couple of draft picks in return and stock up for future drafts, whether it be third, fourth, or fifth round. I don't think they could get a second, but if you could get a late third, that's great. Uh, I would think if you want to get an early pick in a round, you're probably better off getting four and five uh, from a team, depending on the team. So uh, we'll talk about that in the coming days, coming episodes. So make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast, give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed, and don't forget to hit that notification bell, whether it be on an audio platform or on YouTube. Uh, so that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.